Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad, and I'm your host. It is Sunday, December 5th, and I'm very excited to be back with another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. Uh, We just came off of a a nice four-episode series for Hip-Hop History Month. Um, I thought that was really dope. I hope you all enjoyed learning more about the decades that defined hip-hop. And this week is another special episode because, as I've mentioned over the past few episodes, this is the final season of Thinking Outside the Boombox, the fourth and final season. And so one of the things I wanted to do to commemorate the podcast during this final season uh, was kind of have a farewell tour. So I invited uh, a number of guests who have been on the podcast in the past back on for a a final episode, you could say. But this time they get to pick the topic in hip hop and R&B that we discuss um, and then we just talk about it. Um, So I thought this would be a cool way um, to have the, the guests leave their, you know, their their imprint on the podcast one last time. So that's what will be happening in the Dig Deeper segment this week. I'm very excited about it. Um, very dope conversation. But before we get into all of that, I am going to give you a song of the week. And I'm going to have a press play segment where I keep you up to date on all of the uh, things that have been going on in hip hop and R&B since the last episode. But before we do all of that, I do want to say rest in power to Virgil Abloh the iconic fashion designer who died last week at the age of 41 from cancer. 
He was a fashion designer whose work was easily recognizable from his infamous quotes, the artistic director for Louis Vuitton, the CEO of Off-White, but Virgil did a lot for hip-hop as well. He was the creative art director for My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Watch the Throne, Yeezus, Long Live ASAP, Love is Rage 2, and a bunch more. He will truly be missed, and I'm proud to say that he was from Chicago. Rest in power to Virgil and prayers up to his family, especially his wife and kids. So, um, some house cleaning. For you to have the best interactive experience with thinking outside the boombox, I think it would be best for you to sign up for the mailing list and get the podcast newsletter because the podcast newsletter contains links to everything that I discuss in the episode. So any performances, music videos that you want to check out or that I mention, there will be a link in the podcast newsletter. So if you go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com, right on the homepage, there's a place where you can put in your email address. And look, I'm not selling your email address to <laughs> to people like you give me your email address. It literally goes in a list and I send out an email to everyone in that list like you're you're safe with me. You are safe with me. So come on, come get that podcast newsletter. But if you are still, you know, you're still doubtful but you still want that podcast newsletter, that's fine. I've got something for you. Go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com. The newsletter tab contains all of the podcast newsletters. So I'm hooking you up. Um, so without any further ado, let's jump right into the song of the week. So the song of the week for this week, um, I wanted to choose a song that kind of reflected uh, the conversation that I'm having in the Dig Deeper segment. Um, and the conversation kind of touches on spirituality in hip hop and kind of like the gospel, um, the gospel hip hop connection. And honestly, no one has really done that more in the past few years than Chance the Rapper. So the song of the week for this week is from his coloring book, um, mixtape slash album album. And it, the song is How Great, featuring Jay Electronica, Francis and the Lights, and My Cousin Nicole. Not My Cousin, but Chance's Cousin Nicole, but that's how he has it listed in the features. Um, how Great, on its own, is a is a great gospel song. Like, not Chance's version. Like, it's an actual gospel song. Chance was just kind of covering it. Um, but I think his take on it and how the, how the song kind of... Uh, I want to say like devolves when Jay Electronica comes in, when Chance comes in, like great verses from both of them, but just the the vibe that Chance gives to it, the kind of remix of this, you know, classic gospel song is really dope. Um, and Chance does a good job of kind of combining those two genres, you know, as somebody who's listened to gospel and hip hop for most of his life, like for sure, he does a great job of merging the two genres. So the song of the week for this week is How Great by Chance the Rapper from The Coloring Book. Or, sorry, from Coloring Book. Um, so let's jump into the press play segment. For those who may be new to the podcast, the press play segment is where I keep you up to date on all the hip-hop and R&B news um, that has taken place since the last episode. It's broken up into three parts. The things that you should check out, 
Um, this is where I talk about the new music videos, songs, performances that I think you really need to see. There's the rumor mill and the announcements. These are announcements from artists, from labels, maybe tour dates, album release dates, um, things that rumors that may be floating around that might not come to pass. But just in case, I want to make sure you heard it here first. And then the upcoming and recently released albums. These are albums that were released since the last episode or going to be released in the next month. Um, that I want to make sure you have on your radar. So let's jump right in. Things that you should check out. The Soul Train Awards took place last week, or at least aired last week, at the Apollo Theater. Um, Tashina Arnold and Tisha Campbell, um, co-stars on Martin, uh, longtime friends at this point, hosted the award show for, I want to say, the fourth year straight. Um and honestly, the Soul Train Awards is a great time. Like when it's when it's an award show, unlike the Grammys that doesn't have like a troubled history of honoring people of color the way they should. When it's an award show that, you know, is literally just for the culture, it's there's no anxiety, like you're not worrying about people getting shunned. Like and it's not to say that these awards aren't important, because when you look at the artists who receive them, you can tell that it's important to them. It's just that, I don't know, I feel like there's less pressure at these non-Grammy award um, award shows, and specifically the Soul Train Awards. It's, it's just a fun time. So there were a number of performances that I think that you absolutely need to see. Silk Sonic started the show and ended the show. They performed Fly As Me to kick off the program, and they ended the program with Smoking Out the Window, their latest hit. Um... That's taken off, taken off from uh, an evening with Silk Sonic. So check out that performance. Ari Lennox performed the single that she dropped this year called "Pressure." She sounds great as usual. She's an incredible live performer. She came back to join Summer Walker on stage to perform "Unloyal," which is Summer Walker's song from her album "Still Over It." And let me tell you, that song belongs to Ari Lennox now because Ari Lennox, like, not that she was trying to like like outshine summer walker it's it's not that hard to outshine summer walker and this is no shade to her summer walker doesn't like performing in front of people like she has serious social anxiety and it's it's very obvious like she's very timid and she's just kind of out here to sing she's not moving a lot like she just stands there and she sings with like very little emotion on her face it's it's kind of not that great to witness but as soon as Ari Lennox came out the energy picked up. She was hitting these nice riffs and runs. And it's just her song now. Like, she's just a better performer than Summer Walker, and it showed. But it was still a great performance, so check that out. Ashanti was honored with the Lady of Soul Award. Um, this was a really, really dope uh, award. And Normani um, kind of presented the award to her then Ashani came out and did a medley of her hits and she sounds better than she did in the 2000s like I heard she's re-recording her her first album and it's like you know what I'm gonna listen to that because you sound better now than you did back then I definitely want to hear it and Ashanti has a ton of hits it was great to see her honored she seemed happy very excited Maxwell received the legend award um, presented to him by Jasmine Sullivan. He performed and look, I've never seen Maxwell perform. I'm, I've maybe seen him perform in like an award show, but like 
not in like the legend spot, just like a he's one of the performers, so he's got like a, a nice two minute set. He performed for like nine minutes. The man was doing splits, he was doing dance moves, he sounds amazing. Like I need to go to a Maxwell like performance because he killed it. He killed it. I was very impressed. So definitely check that out. Some new songs. Chance the Rapper and Dion Warwick finally gave us some payoff to that Twitter thread that they had. So when Dion Warwick joined Twitter, she was very inquisitive about a lot of things. She asked Chance the Rapper, why do you have the rapper as part of your name? Like, isn't it implied because you rap? Um, and they had a whole Twitter exchange. And now they they made a song together called Nothing's Impossible. It's a nice, like inspiring chance uplifting bright level song with Dion warwick on it so that's dope check that out corday um planning on dropping his from a bird's eye view album i would imagine first quarter of next year so he released another single called sinister little wayne's in it the music video is dope it's got black panther vibes definitely check it out doja cat released the music video for her song woman tiana taylor's in it it's a it's a beautiful beautiful video um it's got like egyptian vibes as far as the what they're wearing and the setting check that out and then boz from dreamville dropped off a music video for his song the jackie which features j cole and lil tj and the music video was essentially um a tour video of j cole's the off-season tour which just ended um boz was one of the uh i think opening artists on it um, and I just really love tour videos. I love music videos that are just like, yo, here's some footage from our tour. It's cool when you don't go to a tour to see that behind the scenes uh, information. So shout out to that. Go watch that. Links in the podcast newsletter. Rumor Mill and the announcements. Punch um, from TDE. I believe he is the president. I can't remember his exact title, but uh, in charge of TDE. He started a new rap collective called A Room Full of Mirrors. Um... Let me see. It's comprised of Punch, Daylight, Nick Grant, Lyric Michelle, Ichiban Don, Billy Marie, uh, Dryas Law, Early Riser, and producer Hari. I don't know most of those people, but I have heard of some of them. They're dropping off a visual EP. Um, actually, it should have dropped yesterday. So let me check to see if that actually dropped. But it's called Moneybag. So stay tuned for that. Cardi B became the first female rapper, uh, period. And the third, sorry, the first the first female rapper and the third female artist, period, to receive two diamond certifications. She already got Bodak Yellow certified diamond earlier this year, and now her collab with Maroon 5, Girls Like You, is officially diamond. So the first female rapper to achieve that third period. Trevor Noah, uh, it was announced, will be hosting the Grammys on January 31st, and it is, it is his second year in a row. So shout out to him for getting that opportunity. Upcoming and recently released albums, uh, just this past Thursday, Kaz released an EP. Kaz is one of the Dreamville artists uh, called Fortunate. It's pretty dope. Um, this past Friday, uh, Khaled released his album Scenic Drive. I haven't listened to it yet, but I think it's supposed to be more of an R&B sound than the pop sound that he's kind of fallen into um, for most of his career. So I'm excited to listen to that. Polo G dropped off Hall of Fame 2.0. 14 new songs on top of what he already released this year with Hall of Fame. Um, and Tierra Wack released an EP. It's a little three pack, three songs called Rap. Um, and that came out uh, as well on Friday. It was pretty dope. Next Friday on the 10th, Alicia Keys is releasing Keys, her double album. Juice World's uh, posthumous album Fighting Demons will be released. Rick Ross is releasing Richer Than I've Ever Been. 
And the following Friday, Roddy Rich announced his second uh, album, studio album, Live Life Fast, will be released. So that is it for the Press Play segment. Um, I'm going to take a short break, and then I'll be right back with some guests in the Dig Deeper. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Segment. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the Dig Deeper segment. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, this is the first of many segments in the final season of the podcast. This is the outro series. So what I've decided to do is invite guests who have been on the podcast in the past back on one last time. It's the farewell tour. Um, And this time the guests get to choose the topic. So they uh, came up with a topic relating to hip-hop and R&B, um, and then we're just going to have a, a candid conversation about whatever the topic is, however short or long that may be. I just wanted to give the guests an opportunity to leave their imprint on the show, um, just how they have in the past when I've invited them on. So the guest for the first outro uh, episode is my cousin Joe. And his wife, Chloe. Welcome. Welcome back. What up, what up? Joe definitely, I think, probably has the most appearances on the on the podcast. I think that I think that record will probably stand by the time the, the episode or the series ends. So 
I think you know. got that. I don't know if Karen may beat me. That she that did get that tournament. That yeah, tournament yeah. yeah. During the pandemic. That's man. true. That's true. I'll, I'll run the numbers. I'll run the numbers. <laughs> I won't. I won't have a, a congratulations speech just yet because she may get me, especially the last one. But, yeah, uh, it's been an honor though for sure to see you grow over the years. Definitely. Definitely. Welcome back, Chloe. Hey, America. <laughs> me <laughs> <laughs> back again and chloe was responsible for the um the topic of this week's episode i was very excited when you uh sent us the text message with the idea and i was like yeah this the one this the one thanks <laughs> uh, so what are we talking about today okay i'm gonna go with the topic that i texted him so it is Mama, I listen to the beat, not the words. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and the um, the thought behind that is just thinking about the convergence of hip hop and R and B and spirituality. Um, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later in the podcast, but like I just sort of grew up thinking that those things were at odds, specifically mm-hmm. like R and B and hip hop, and then you know Christian music. They, those things have just always been on like opposite sides of the spectrum. So my excuse when I was listening to secular music quote unquote <laughs> to my mom was like mom listen to the words I listen to the beat it's not about what they're saying it's about like the rhythm mm-hmm. she ain't buying nothing like that yeah but, yeah. <laughs> nah, that yeah, never worked we all tried it we all tried it they like why you download the instrumentals then I got caught the heck up it's like dang that's a good point but yes yeah the convergence how those things live together I think is gonna be the topic of the day I like that I like that. Um, I thought that was a perfect topic, especially considering the three of us on the on the episode and how we all grew up listening to gospel music um, and then hip hop and R and B uh, really started to take over as far as what the popular music was, and so that kind of you know inter intervened and interfered with what you know people in school were listening to, and so it's going it's going it's going into your wavelength somehow. Um, so I thought that would be a good way to start the conversation, and that's basically with your origin story with Christianity and hip-hop. So I guess the question is, when did you first start listening to hip-hop? What were you listening to before that? How did hip-hop kind of enter into your, your musical atmosphere? Got you. I think I can um, go first with this one. and uh, I believe I started listening to hip-hop um, when Kanye West's first album came out, College Dropout. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, like, the first... I remember, the, like, the CD cover, Mad Clear, um, what songs really attached to me. And um, But before that, I mean, I was basically just listening to gospel all the time on the, on the car rides to the store, school, to church. It'll be 1390. And if you're in Chicago, that's like the main radio station mm-hmm. for uh, gospel and Christian music and talk radio, basically. Yep. Um, but yeah, once I locked in on Kanye, he really wasn't rapping about like guns and violence. So I felt sure. like it was a little bit of a safer move. It was a little bit more relatable, too, because in that album, he talked about like, you know, I was the the troubled kid. So like mm-hmm. he was talking about being a college dropout. Yeah. I was like, I would be a college dropout. <laughs> Because that fits what I'm dealing with right now, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I was uh, – that's that's definitely how it started for me. And I started listening to that on a consistent basis. And I remember my parents were like, what are you listening to? And I was like, listen to what he's saying. But, like, 
wait a minute, don't listen to what he's saying. Right. <laughs> just, and I mean, the, and you kind of had a, you kind of had an out with that album because you had Jesus walks. On yeah, Jesus. I so. had a lot of excuses. <laughs> I literally, that's the first album. It, it crazy how it happened. That was the first album I really listened to, and I was able to get my parents to listen to. Mm. On like a random like road trip somewhere, yeah. probably like Detroit or something. Yeah. Um, I got him to listen to it. And it was like, oh, okay, it's not as bad. He's mm-hmm. cursing, but I get the message and the skits. Yeah. They were able to get into the skits, the Jesus walks, yeah, the, the sprinkled diploma, in there, the flow, yeah, you know, yeah. little families. Yeah, or, like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was a decent first rap album uh-huh. uh, for them to be like, okay, my kids are listening to rap. And for them to be like, it's not gospel and what yeah. that did for them and for us. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. What about you, Chloe? Um, okay. So, my introduction to hip hop. So, I, so, it initially started at like any family function I went to. So, mm-hmm. at home, it was strictly gospel. Um, all gospel all the time. <laughs> and um, I would only hear secular music at like family barbecues or family functions. And I and I feel like I have this distinct memory of like hearing Chris Brown's run it um, at like a cousin's birthday party and wishing I could listen to it again. But I had to, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what was that tune? <laughs> I had to wait three weeks to hear it again because that was one of the next functions. <laughs> I just replay it in my head when I go. <laughs> um, that's what that's what held me through. But no, I think I think I'm more regularly start listening to um, things other than Christian music around like fourth and fifth grade when I was like a latchkey kid and my sister went to high school and so like my mom would leave for work so I would have that small window where they had the music videos in the morning uh, and then I had that small window before she got home in the evening when I got home park. in the evening yep. yes it was <laughs> and so that's how I kept current bro yeah. as soon as I heard her keys jingling no, I'll right. go back to channel 11 <laughs> cyber chasing <laughs> bad problems be Clifford on the TV you remember cyber so yeah i think i think around like fourth and fifth grade i i started to like experiment a little bit more and like be able to keep on, up on like what's current music and mm-hmm. stuff like that and it was it was a it was a whole different world it was a whole different world facts so, yeah yeah yeah. Okay. My my experience is kind of kind of like a combination of the both of you. I I had to experience all non gospel music outside the house because you all know we got a, a strict Christian <laughs> grandmother too. Yeah, so not yeah. even just like my parents, like grandma, like she wasn't going for none of that. It was thirteen ninety on the radio. Man. We didn't have cable, so I couldn't experience yeah. like BT or nothing like that. So that made it a lot easier for it to be none but gospel. So for me, it probably started seventh grade i think so that was probably like 2003 2004 um mixed cds were big back then so everybody was like downloading music off of cds and off of stuff and like yeah so i got a mixed cd um from a friend in seventh grade and they had a bunch of songs on there i remember (laughs) it was like it was this was a terrible mixed cd from (laughs) from like the the uh the variation of the songs on it but i remember it had some cut on it um that song that had the, the bed squeaks as the beat oh, like that song yeah. that song was on there i'm trying i remember run it by chris brown was on there oh. there was a bone thug song on there like i can remember a few of the songs that was on there so that was like 
one of the first albums. I'm pretty sure I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly was on there, but so I started to hear music like that through like just going to school and classmates was bringing it in. Um, when else? My godmother, who would like pick me up from elementary school and like just like keep me until my grandma picked me up from there. She had cable, so I definitely was watching BET over there because she wasn't really like monitoring what I was watching. I'm shocked. Because she she wasn't like really monitoring what I was watching. She would just like, you know, I would go in the den and then she would be chilling somewhere else. So I would throw in in 106 in Park because it was after school Mm -hmm. all the time. So that's how I started to hear more of that. Uh, when I went to Texas to visit uh, family out there, um, they they was listening to secular music all the time. So I remember I heard Confessions by Usher, The Diary of Alicia Keys, ah. Speaker Box, The Love Below. I experienced all of those albums when I was in Texas. Like I was just like, yo, what's these albums? Can I listen to them? It was like, yeah. I was like, bet. And that's how I listened to those albums. So it was, it was kind of the same thing. It was like I wasn't really allowed to listen to it you know at home but i like knew about it because like and we'll talk about this like hip-hop's and r&b's influence was kind of like making its way like all over the place so no matter what you listen to you were going to know about hip-hop and r&b as Mm -hmm. if you were like especially a young person who's like taking in information from everywhere um so i guess that led into my next question which was what do you think drew you to hip-hop so we know like when you started listening to it but what was it about hip-hop and r&b because it doesn't have to be specifically hip-hop what do you think it was about the genres that kind of like drew you in you was like this is something i want to be listening to even though i don't think i'm supposed to be listening to it i think i think the the question contains the answer i wasn't supposed to be listening <laughs> to it. i was really motivated to listen to it uh-huh. and i mean i also like like music was a really big part of like the social scene when i was mm-hmm. growing up i just never knew what they were talking about <laughs> like yeah. i was like mm-hmm. i never i never could relate so there was just a certain type of like social isolation that just yeah. existed because I just really I didn't know it and the music I listened to or maybe got excited about it because I was praise dancing to it they weren't into it so it's, it's yeah I think when you're younger right like you ain't talking about where you're going out to you're not talking about like you know it's, it's a very set limit of topics that help you connect to others and mm-hmm. it was just I wasn't able to connect to people so I think I think that's also what drew me in is like I feel more connected to people also like what's this thing that my mama said I can't do like what (laughs) what's it about um and I also I think my sister also was like very um she had the same rules but you know she approached um differently so she 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 always sort of knew what was up with it so i i think also with some of the like little sister like trying to be like her and Mm. and see what she was listening to and what she found interesting and stuff like that so yeah yeah i think i think that was the draw what's happening in the world out here yeah Yeah. that's real i think that is i think the 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 being left out aspect mm-hmm. of it was is is like humongous. Mm-hmm. For me, from like a guy's perspective, I think it was like uh, like I, I wore uniforms a lot mm-hmm. in grammar school, and so on days like I think like every like first Friday or it was some mm-hmm. consistent basis where you can wear something that wasn't uniform. Um, and hip hop made a huge like mark with fashion, mm-hmm. yeah, like with jerseys, right? Yep, and so. I'm like, oh, like people was really talking about like 
it's about to sound crazy. Like what Nelly wore in his music video, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Thanks. What Bow Wow and Chris Brown was wearing in their music video, mm-hmm. and people would try to wear the wristbands and the headbands yeah. to that, you know, that non-uniform day. Yeah. And so it's not only, of course, it was just like, okay, I can listen to music to people that's talking like me, mm-hmm. people that like look cool, you know yeah. what I mean? Because you know, you love God and you love Christian music in a way. It does still have a special place in my heart, but mm-hmm. like. I didn't talk like that at yeah. sixth grade and under or whatever. Like, um, and I didn't see myself like, I want to be just like that when I get older. <laughs> yeah, but right. I was looking at like, you know, Bow Wow or, mm-hmm. you know, Lil Wayne and be like, ah, I want to look like that when I'm 22. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So <laughs> it was like the fashion, how they were talking, uh-huh. you know, how they were incorporated into like sports as well. So I was like yeah. being in sports like a lot of athletes hung around the artists Mm -hmm. and they were incorporated i just remember vividly them being incorporated into like all-star weekend oh yeah real heavy like because i didn't even realize until i was like in college that all-star weekend was like valentine's day weekend all the time because i used to look forward to it (laughs) for like man it's all-star weekend and then i was like wait i'm missing all-star game because i gotta go on a date like you know what i mean so i used to always look forward to all-star weekend based on what people were dressing like Mm -hmm. and then what we do on that next week was it's like we're trying to mimic the moves from the contest dunk contest and stuff like that and then we looking at all right what are we gonna wear we gonna wear this jersey gonna get this jersey (laughs) you know and so uh that's that's how it became like i gotta keep it was like a magnet like i was like i gotta stay current you know what i mean so yeah yeah i'm with you i I definitely convinced my grandma to buy some like knockoff vocal like, <laughs> shirts back in the day because it was like yo vocal that's what's hot yeah, this wearing is, vocal you sing it in the song yeah. vocal tank top all this you know like <laughs> I got some fake shot job <laughs> bro like, I definitely did so yeah yeah that was definitely <laughs> yeah I think I agree with all of that I think um, it was just everywhere and like you go to a you go to a a skate event like you go to the ring yep. they playing hip hop they playing like some like some pop like R&B yep. you go to like a sleepover or some friend's house they not playing gospel music like most of yep. because specifically with our household like because the household was so strict as far as like gospel mm-hmm. like no matter like who else I was hanging out with it was going to be like a a more lenient household so Absolutely. like the music was just it was there so i yeah. was like yo this music is tight like yeah. it was like yeah they cursing but like i mean whatever all right right, right. like the, the beat is dope like <laughs> you know the lyrics is tight yeah and like especially with kanye being from chicago mm-hmm. he was one of the first artists that i like gravitated towards and his music wasn't as like like i mentioned this in the hip-hop history month series that just ended but like gangster rap and like street rap was really taking over uh the charts and hip-hop in general around the time that, like, we started listening to Absolutely. hip-hop and R&B. So I could see why, like, parents would be like, no, nah, you're not listening to hip-hop. Because hip-hop at the time was, like, talking about, like, 50 Cent or, like, N.W.A. And, like, you know, the the music that they were doing. That might be a little early. But, like, 50 Cent and, like, you know, T.I. And just, like, you know, yeah. artists that's pushing a narrative that isn't something that parents necessarily want mm-hmm. their kids to be listened to all the time. But because hip hop was kind of spreading out to so many places and the style started to change. Like, I think the hip hop that they associated with hip hop was not necessarily 
what we were listening to. I mean, we mm-hmm. were listening to 50 Cent, too. Right, but, right, right, right. But it wasn't. But, like, Kanye wasn't really out here talking about street stuff. Like, yeah, no. You know. No. Can I, can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, what reasons in particular did, like, your respective parents or guardians give you for not letting you listen to Secular music. Oh, that's a good question. If that conversation happened, that is presumably, you know, that like you asked, but I'm like, what, what, reason, what reasons did they give yeah, to I'm not? Sure. Yeah, like why not? Uh, I'm pretty sure I asked, but like I feel like I always, I don't know if I ever got a straight answer. It's probably more like a because I said so type of yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like I remember like hearing that, like, oh, that's not godly. They talking about like ungodly things on there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, my grandma, I feel like I remember her saying this a lot when I was younger that she she was always saying like you are what you listen to mm. so she was i remember so many times where she was like if you listen to stuff like that you're gonna start like like emulating what you're listening to and like she was she would even say stuff like don't like repeat a lyric that's like not true so like if you repeat a lyric about like like i don't know like somebody dying or something like don't say that because you talking about like, it, it was stuff like that and so yeah. that stuff sticks to me even to this day where it was conversations like that where she's had um and so yeah i guess it was more uh for her to me it was just like a this is ungodly don't be listening to any of that stuff just listen to gospel uh, what about you yeah i think it was pretty much the same thing i he just said something that my mom would say and which makes sense because he was, <laughs> they were raised by the same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my mom would say things like, you know, don't repeat something that doesn't relate to you. Yeah, yeah. And it's so funny because now I tell my mom that, like, don't, like, don't throw up anything. You don't know what it means. She's like, what does this mean? And say, I'm like, don't, don't do that. Don't throw up no gay sign. You see somebody do it on TV. Ask me first. You know, right, right. do that in public, you know. But, uh, yeah, she would say that, and I remember she said that to actually a Kirk Franklin song, mm. and and we'll get into that later. But like the Kirk Franklin song, he said was like "Dead be Dad, Dad wasn't there" or something mm-hmm. like that. And I remember singing a Kirk Franklin song, and she was like, "Your father is here. Don't say that." And I was just Skip like, that line. "I was just like, oh. I was like, I'm, just I'm finally rapping some Christian music. <laughs> <laughs> you want to stop me? And you gonna choose now to rap me? <laughs> you know what I mean? So." Like, right, she she took that across the entire board. Like, yeah. don't rap about like or you know. I forgot. I may be saying the Kirk Franklin line wrong, but it said something about his mm-hmm. dad not not being there in his yeah. life. And I said it. And I was singing it just in my own zone. Yeah. She was like, "No, you're not gonna say that in this household." You know. I was like, "God, that is a trap." You know. Yeah. So, and I get it. I get it. Uh, in that regard, I was like, I, she made me apologize to my dad. I was just like, "Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just a lot." Yeah, so, but you know. <laughs> It could have been some other stuff going on from a parent's perspective. Right, right, right. I didn't really never fully know. understand at that time, but yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a. Uh, did you have a specific excuse that we didn't name that your mom gave you? No, it's, it sounded pretty similar. I yeah. think just sort of like the uh, operating in the belief that everything is spiritual, right? <laughs> yeah. and like nothing is just like happenstance everything you say matters everything you listen to matters everything you do matters Mm -hmm. and so when you got that weight on it music is not just like a casual thing so it was very much like very much like guarding your ears and guarding your heart and Mm -hmm. stuff like that like that's how it was phrased to me it's just like 
yeah, like, like you, you have to be really protective of your spirit and like, you know, you, you, you treat sort of the things you listen to and the thing it, like as what you sort of eat, right? And if you're like mm-hmm. eating only a narrative of like violence, you're eating only a narrative of hypersexuality, what else would you expect to come from you? Mm-hmm. So I think, and, and I mean, and, and, to, and to this day, that like makes a lot of sense to me. And I, I sort of think about it in a different way, but it does make sense to me. I, I don't believe... I don't believe that I'm unaffected by what I listen to. Mm-hmm. I do not operate in that belief. I, I understand that I'm affected by what I listen to. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very much that of just like, and my mom would be like, you gotta be on a really strict diet, you know, like like you gotta be really protective of of what you what you put into your what you're sort of taking in, what sort of sits in your mind, mm-hmm. what sort of rests there, what sort of narratives you feed in yourself about life, about sexuality, about men, about women, about all of that. Like it was just very much like be super protective of it because you know the devil is consistently on a mission to pollute you mm-hmm. so yeah it was it was a it was a it was a you know, I, I, the the message to me was you got to be super hyper vigilant and it it, it it made it made music a little less fun yeah. in that way that's um, real not me I was, <laughs> yeah i probably wasn't anti-rules as, uh, anti yeah i probably wasn't uh taking those lessons as closely to heart as i should have yeah, um, yeah. but i but i do remember it's funny um because th- these type of lessons like definitely still affect me because it's a song uh big sean and lil wayne's in it it's called deep it's mm-hmm. from his dark sky paradise album yeah and in Lil Wayne's verse, which is a dope verse, hard, one of his hardest verses, I love that verse. Uh-huh. He says he says like God a couple of times, but he I feel I forget how he uses it. But he says God a couple of times, and he says something about like I died or, or something like that. And to this day, when I rap along to his lyric, I like pause when he said died when he says died, and I pause when he says God. Like I just like rap yeah. the lyrics without that in there because I feel like. Um, what my grandma always saying about like yeah you don't want to like like <laughs> say no lyrics that like you don't want to actually happen so I'm like yeah. I'm not gonna say die because I'm gonna say <laughs> it's like he's using God in the wrong way so I'm not gonna say that but it's like, like a lowercase g situation over here right right and it's <laughs> like <laughs> it's like I listen to so much like hip hop and R and B where a lot of that doesn't come to play but it's certain songs where sometimes those lessons would just be like, nah, you ain't gonna say that. Yeah. And it's 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 kinda weird that way, but That's real. Okay, that's interesting. Um I wanted to talk about I guess what kinda created the dichotomy with Christianity and hip hop in the first place, because I do agree there is definitely a lack of spirituality in hip hop, at least historically. I think there are artists now who are, you yes. know, being better about like being open about their religion and their mm-hmm. spirituality and their music. Mm-hmm. But like historically hip hop has featured a lot of specifically anti-Christian sentiments. Cause it's not even just about like religion, because mm-hmm. if you look at like Wu-Tang Clan, mm-hmm. Rock Him, all mm-hmm. of those like five percenter like rappers, yeah, like that's play. a religion, like the nation of Islam and yeah. like all of that. That's a religion. Jay Electra. He, he's, yep. he's a, He's really big on that too. Yeah, I'll add him in that group too. Yeah, and like you think about that, and it's like okay, so <laughs> nah, she good. She good. <laughs> there is there is a dog in the in the building, so she occasionally she she's got some opinions. She might share with you all. Um, so I need you all to be patient. Oh, <laughs> um, but like, so I, I was thinking about that today. I was like, well, it's not just like anti like religion because. 
we've allowed like Wu-Tang and all of them to like talk about their beliefs Mm -hmm. and the Nation of Islam teachings in music and nobody like batting an eye so it's like is the question that is anti-Christianity and not like anti-religion because like Mm. the the beliefs of the five percenters is like pretty much kind of anti-Christian like the Nation of Islam and all of that is a whole different thing and so I guess like why do you think that hip hop fans and a lot of the artists tend to lean away from being religious in their music. Like, what do you think is the is the reason for that? Do you think it's just because religion isn't popular when you're like hip hop was born out of one having fun, but two artists um, having a space to talk about what's going on in their lives. And like, religion is is a part of a lot of people's lives, but why isn't that like talked about in music you know what i mean um i think it could be a mixture of a lot of things mm-hmm. i could be i think it could be uh the labels mm-hmm. not pushing that mm-hmm. narrative um i think it could be uh and i think the labels not pushing that narrative and the artists not having the type of clout necessary to be like no i want to rap about this yeah you know, you don't. When you new to a label, you a rookie. You're not gonna be able to have that type of clout, uh-huh. um, and you're not independent. I think it's like a lot of people who didn't come off a certain way may have had like church hurt growing up, mm. had bad experiences, mm-hmm. and and honestly, the church really talked down on hip hop when hip hop was really growing. Oh yeah, and so it could be a thing of like, okay. You know, screw you guys. This is how I'm going to choose to mm-hmm. express my. Um, this is like how my artistic expression. This is how I'm going to choose to yeah. use that. And so, uh, because you know, when you go to a lot of these award shows, the first thing a lot of them say is, you know, I want to thank God. Yeah. I want to thank my mama. You know, yeah. and so you know it's there, uh, but they also know what sells too. And I think that's one of the more important things. Yep. It's just like it's a it's a reason why a lot of these artists. They they try to there have been a lot of artists that have tried to start out in hip hop, tried to make a, a gospel album, even <laughs> as of recent, right? Mm-hmm. We can name people like R. Kelly, Snoop Dogg, DMX, yep. a lot of them, mm-hmm. Kanye, a lot of them, bro. I, I'm Mace, I could keep going, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's the reason why a lot of them came back. <laughs> Themselves <laughs> not the same, you know. True. A lot of these Christian rappers or uh, gospel rappers, they aren't bad at all. Mm-hmm. But we know, like, the, the, the hip-hop is the is the standard mm-hmm. when it comes to that type of flow, rhythm and flow. So I think that one of the more important reasons is because hip-hop sells better. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wu-Tang, specifically, uh, they, don't get me wrong, like, they did not shy away. You know, I watched the documentaries and stuff mm-hmm. like that from... Uh, talking about their religious backgrounds, but like it pales in comparison how much they talked about their everyday life yeah. in their raps, yeah. which doesn't represent like we we wasn't knocking on doors or you know trying to talk to people like they was talking about how they were selling drugs, mm-hmm. even though they still have these empowering names and yeah. stuff like that. So I think that's why the money is the the biggest thing, and then also it could be some church hurt, it could be what's popular. But I'm sure I'm missing out on a lot of other. No, ones. I agree with that. <laughs> you know? Man, that's a great question, though. <laughs> um, 
I mean, I agree with a lot of what Joseph said um, in terms of just like all of the, the money and stuff behind it. But I, I mean, I also think that just like, like one, as he mentioned, there's been sort of like this church versus hip hop and like mm-hmm. the messages that are pushed, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the church pushing a very, you know, anti-sex before marriage, anti-substance use message, and then you got hip hop, which is just like the parallel of like <laughs> I'm drunk in this club and I'm gonna take down three at once. Like that one could literally yeah. print out lyrics to a gospel song and lyrics to a hip hop song, and you will find just like the opposite story. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think for a very long time that those things were set up as just like like opposite to one another, which is why I think that it was so easy in each of our respective homes for our parents to be like, no, like you yeah. cannot listen to it because there is no gray area. Mm-hmm. Like, and then when you find a song or you find an artist who like acknowledges Jesus as well as like the the worldly desire to you know uh-huh. get drunk and and have sex and stuff like that. That's why it's a it's a much better case. But um. I don't know where I'm really going with this, <laughs> but I do want to say I I have actually enjoyed the era of watching watching historically secular artists make gospel music. Mm-hmm. And I and I think I'm just personally on my own spiritual journey of of God in the gray area. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just been something he's really been like dealing with me about. I, I, I've only understood him as an enforcer of the black and white, mm-hmm. and he's really been revealing himself to me in this gray, right? And that like humans are complex, and like why, you know, why can't Snoop Dogg, right? Like he could have spent his whole life talking about, you know, dropping like style, uh-huh. dropping like style, right? <laughs> sexual why, seduction. Right? <laughs> 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 right, but you know, like why can't he? also give glory to God uh-huh. right mm-hmm. and like why can't we enjoy him giving glory to God right like even DMX you know like R.I.P. right Rest like peace, when he passed I've, I heard so many stories about people being like yeah this man stopped in the street and prayed for me yeah. like he was on some real ministry like, I had, he had 20 women coming to his hotel and room and they thought it was going to be a party in there they came in they were doing bible class yes so. I actually wrote that down because yeah. uh DMX is, is one of the rappers who definitely like opposed the norms and that mm-hmm. every single one of his albums he had a prayer yeah. like on yep. the album. Yep. Right. Like he he went to he went to jail like thirty times in his life and like <laughs> yep. like literally like, I looked it up. It yeah. was like each one I was like, Woo Christ like But like he was a born again Christian. Yeah. He was like he wanted to be an ordained pastor. Mm-hmm. Like I heard about the Bible study story and so it was like and he was one of the most successful rappers, like Bro. from a number standpoint and just like popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I think there's also a conversation about like when you get to a certain level, you can just kind of do whatever you want in your music. Um, but I think that's a really good point because um, I hadn't thought about that. Like they were just Christianity and hip hop just like fundamentally are just like opposite each other. Like everything that hip hop kind of stood for when it was on its rise and the reasons that it got kind of political because the government was like, nah, hip-hop's too sexual. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too violent. Like, this is... The kids are listening to this. We can't have none of that. That's why the parental advisory sticker became a thing because, yeah. like, parents started to get upset and it became a whole political movement and then, boom, they stuck that sticker on every album that was too vulgar, too explicit. And so, like, everything that hip-hop was is also the same things that, you know, church was teaching you not to do. It's like, don't mm-hmm. do drugs. Don't be having a lot of sex don't be violent it was like they were literally on opposite sides of the coin so yeah that's that's a good point like they were just 
from the jump, they just were set up to be this far apart from each yeah. other. Yeah. And yeah. they don't have to be. Right. You know? Exactly. They have to be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, let me see what else I talked about. Since we since we started talking about um, the gray area, who were some of the, the artists who you say are like historically secular that started making gospel music that you start to get into? Like so who were some of those artists in the gray area that you that you started to appreciate? You know, Kanye Wheezy. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, two different people. <laughs> I was American. <laughs> <laughs> I was referring to Kanye Wheezy. I thought I was going to put some razzle down. Shut me down. Right, okay, shut me down. Right, you figure it out. Um, <laughs> they know what I'm talking about. America. <laughs> um, yeah, most definitely Kanye West. I think he's the most notable for me. Um, and I, I really like like when he started Sunday service. Mm-hmm. I really really like those. Um, and I, so I have a, I have a I have a list. Mm-hmm. So on God by him use this gospel. I think we're off of one of that was the last of, one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really Donda. really 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 like those. Okay, um, okay. Um, and also you know I want to say I don't know if you have you heard of. Tobey, the Wigway. Yes. Yes. Mm, yes. So and I and I call him I call him Gray, but I think I mean I consider him gospel. But like, could I go in my church and play him? Probably not. They'll probably have a problem with him. But he yeah. is, he is yeah. real talk gospel. Yeah. Like I will fight you yeah. <laughs> and pray for you after. Yeah. Like so, I think I think those yep. are those are definitely some of the songs that I think of off the top of my head that I'm like this occupied a gray area where it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it is it is a very real life image of what it looks like to walk with God like you know like especially with like Toby like mm-hmm. like I absolutely love and adore God but I have had people that I have lost <laughs> to gun violence like I mm-hmm. yeah there is this trauma that exists in my life if you run up on my wife you gonna get whatever he always talks about how good his wife looks to him like stuff like that it's, mm-hmm. it's a very it's a very it's it's a very realistic and like messy and imperfect um sort of narrative which is which is which is different than I think of um which is different than what I think of like when you think of like typical gospel music mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because gospel music is about God and God is perfect and so it's just sort of like in essence in antithesis, in antithesis excuse me to that mm-hmm. because yes it's, it's, it's him talking about his life and his relationship with God it's not him talking yeah. about a perfect God so it's just a little less clean and I really enjoy that I, I enjoy that about it yeah Okay, yeah. and wasn't wasn't he the one that made that song that was I forget the exact try name. Jesus try Jesus yeah, don't try yeah. me yeah. Don't try I got me. hands yeah. yeah and yeah. so like that is a good and I, I, I think that's a good example of I feel like if I heard something like that growing up mm-hmm. I would be a little bit more comfortable with like I'll try this person out because um, it's just a more realistic depiction and mm-hmm. I think that's something that real life practice that you know we trying to do excuse me like at our churches it's like you know looking like a christian doesn't have to look like what we were raised like you don't have to wear a three-piece suit to go to church (laughs) every week Uh or a suit period you know what i mean to still pray for somebody and it doesn't it doesn't have to look like this box out like you know if you look at me with a hoodie and you look at this person with a suit you're gonna assume that all right that's the minister or that's Mm -hmm. the person i'm gonna go to pray for me or that's the person that knows god more than the other person i think that um this topic of the gray area that we're talking Mm -hmm. about is real important for people to really understand like you can you can somebody can teach you about god 
and it doesn't have to look like a certain way or it doesn't yeah. have to sound a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so one of the so she named Kanye mm-hmm. to, Toby. I thought it was Toby, but it's Tobey. Um, but I also think that Chance. Um, I know I'm saying you may say it the right the better way. I'm just saying I didn't I thought it was a way she she could have said it the right way. But uh Don't jump. No 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 Omar would have tried to keep a straight face. He <laughs> it's not like domestic violence. Right, right. No, no. no, but I think that I think to, to get I think that uh chance really used that as well, like of using gospel. You can tell from the people based on what they sample. Mm-hmm. Who they have as features, yeah. you could tell that they uh, dibble dabbled in, mm-hmm. um, uh, or they were raised in a, in a church yeah. in, in a way. I also think that even to talk about, we could talk about like the gray area between um, gospel artists that went to hip hop and vice versa. Because I feel like Mary Mary did features mm-hmm. with people. Kirk Franklin mm-hmm. is big yep. doing features yep. with hip hop artists. Um, there's somebody else, uh, I think Morton. PJ Morton. But yeah, PJ yeah. Morton. Like his dad is a known pastor bishop. Yep. Like I remember, I remember seeing Bishop Paul Morton on like gospel songs, bro. And I didn't even put the two together when PJ Morton started to get bi- started to get big. And I was like, oh, this dude, he get being successful in both genres everywhere. He got a bro. Grammy in R and B and in gospel. Yeah. Like, so it's just like. I feel like the gray area like goes both ways mm-hmm. in that. And I think that that's what made like if you really want to talk about what made Kirk Franklin mainstream a household name is because of that crossover. Yep. He was making gospel songs with hip hop beats. Yep. And when he did gospel songs, you look at his music videos. He over here doing the nay nay. Yeah. Like he's doing the dances <laughs> that are popular at that time uh-huh. and making it gospel and making it cool and making it like he ain't scared to embarrass himself yeah he's not scared to dance sweat do what's hip you know say whatever and and i think that that is what see if you really look at what kirk franklin is doing outside of that it's nothing crazy he can't sing mm-hmm. he can't you know what i mean he's not the tallest he don't have the best voice yeah. i mean he he's the dj khaled he of the is the world, dj khaled <laughs> but he is yeah. the dj khaled but he did what he did very well oh, yeah. since for like 30 years bro like he's yeah, been doing yeah, he it for a very it. long time and so i think that that's what made him he will still pack out a church or any type of venue because mm-hmm. and it will still be mostly young people because he could still touch down and know what we want to listen to and how we want to listen to it yeah in a non-judgmental type of way mm-hmm. you know he's still open about like I'm not perfect. Well, I still cuss out my kid, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we actually we started watching this series on Hulu slash own called Black Love. Uh-huh. I actually recommend it if you haven't seen it. Gotcha. It's basically a couple, a married couple who interviews other couples, like mm-hmm. mostly famous couples. Gotcha. So each season is just like each episode has a has a topic. Like one might be divorce. One might be like how you all handle arguments. And it's just like the whole episode is just like cut together these interviews with like I'm trying to think of some celebrities who was on there. Uh, you know Kevin on stage, the yeah, comedian, yeah, Kevin him and his wife was on there. Oh, Kirk yeah. Franklin and his wife was on there. Nice. Uh, Tia Mowry from Sister Sister and her husband was on there. Bunch of famous like couples, and so Kirk Franklin was on there with his wife, and they was talking about like their origin story and how they met. Um, and he was talking about how he he was uh, how he disciplines his kids stuff like that. So that's why I brought mm-hmm. to mind. But yeah, I I actually wrote 
Kanye and Kirk Franklin down for sure when it comes to opposing the norms because I think both of them were a big reason as to why uh, I think hip hop really started to get ingrained because I was allowed to listen to Kirk Franklin. He was yeah. a gospel artist. Yeah. And so that was one of the main artists I listened to back when I was listening to gospel. But like it was like listening to hip hop and gospel at the same time because yeah. like it sounded like hip hop, but he was like talking about Jesus. And it was this nice mix that also made it easier to kind of like ease in the more secular music like when it comes to the parents because it was like oh yeah this is Kirk Franklin yeah he got, he got a little baby on it but you know <laughs> right, he got Franklin. a little baby song <laughs> this year with a little baby You're like what you know right. what I mean yeah. and then Kanye with Jesus Walks and how he was talking about his spirituality and his music mm-hmm. like Jesus Walks was an easy way for a lot of people to start listening to Kanye because mm-hmm. it was like Oh yeah, I'm just listening to this song by the Kanye. Don't worry about who he is, but like he's right. talking about Jesus. Like, Jesus walks. Don't you like this song? And they played it on 1390. They <laughs> exactly. got a, they bleeped yeah. out a couple spots, That's the but thing. they played yeah. it on 1392, and I was like, okay. I get so it. then it was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, you've heard this song. It's on 1390. Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't worry about the next song. New workout plan. Right, right, right. <laughs> literally, that's literally <laughs> what the next song. Think it does the reverse, as you say, right? Like, uh, so it's, it's a nice little segue into like rap, but it's also a nice little segue into like. Christianity as mm-hmm. well, yep. which is which is why I enjoy it. Right, it's just mm-hmm. like it has it has dual purposes. Why right? you also are getting exposed to like hip hop and him and all that comes with Kanye yep. West. There's a lot that comes with Kanye West, right. but you also are like that song is all about the mercy of God. Mm-hmm. It's it's explicitly about the mercy yeah. of God. It's talking about crooked pastors. It's talking about prostitution. Uh-huh. It is it is explicitly about the mercy of God. And I'm like that is such an important message, mm-hmm. right? And like and if you get too distracted by who made it and how it's getting done and what he doing outside of what he's doing in that booth, right? Like, you know, you can sort of get caught up in the whirlwind of that. But I'm just like, that is a beautiful message. Like, people, mm-hmm. people should hear that song, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like, if, if anything, to 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 just learn about how merciful God has been to him, you know, maybe Kanye personally, but also just like, you know, he's a God that reaches you in any situation. So I, mm-hmm. I think, I think as you say, you put it perfectly, like. It opens the door for hip hop, but it also opens the door for for like well, who's this God guy? Yeah, and, right. And, yeah. And why does he walk with me? Yeah. Uh-huh. What happened on the third day? <laughs> yep. 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 Like that. yep. Um. Okay. I had a couple more things that I wanted to mention, and then I have a final question. But I, before the question, I want to open it up to anything you all want to talk about. But I didn't. I didn't want to leave R and B out of the conversation. Because I do feel like when it comes to like artists who were doing primarily gospel that switched it up, like Aretha Franklin is one of the like main mm-hmm. like you had you you had to have to mention her because she grew up as a gospel singer, like singing since she was little, and then she heard about Sam Cooke and mm-hmm. she was like, I kind of want to do pop music like Sam Cooke, so she signed with Columbia, started doing pop music. But Columbia didn't really know what to do with the gospel parts of her. So they kind of like stamped it out and was like, yeah, we're not going to do any songs that, you know, soulful like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like six years later, I think she left Columbia and went to Atlantic. And Atlantic was like, no, nah, we're not we're not getting rid of that. We want you to like be soulful. Like we want to embrace that. And then she made some of the biggest hits of her career. Like she made respect when she was on that label. Mm. Say a little prayer. Um, natural woman like a lot of the songs where she's at her most soulful Mm -hmm. um and then she continued to see success in gospel as well she put out that amazing grace album in 1972 Mm -hmm. it's one of the best-selling gospel albums ever it went double platinum i never heard of a gospel album going double platinum it did like it's it's crazy and Uh, what's double platinum is like like 
Two two million two, two million, million units wow. sold, and you know yeah. back then it's like actual bro, them units. hard copies. Yeah, like <laughs> two million people bought yeah. a yeah <laughs> bought a CD. <laughs> yeah, um, then she was winning Grammys for gospel in two thousand. Actually, her and Mary J. Blige had a gospel song mm-hmm. called "Never Break the Faith" or something like that, and they won a Grammy for it. So like, she was able to like toe the line between both very well. She never lost any of her like identity when it comes to like her spirituality and the gospel portion of it. But she was also able to break into you know an emerging R and B market and like kind of shape what that was. So I felt that I had to mention her. Um, and then you mentioned Chance earlier, and I wanted to bring up Kendrick because I feel like there's a dichotomy between the two. Um, Chance released Coloring Book, which is an outwardly spiritual album. Even before Coloring Book, Chance himself was a spiritual person who's not shy about talking about the things that he cares about, whether that be uh, Jesus or his wife. Um, it was just that Coloring Book was different in that he transitioned that openness to his music. Mm-hmm. And the album before, Acid Rap, you know, was different. And in the Acid Rap days, everybody loved Chance. It was like, oh, he's talking about drugs. Yeah, and that like, was lit, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was great. It was a great album. Great album. Um, but as soon as he, you know, started being more open about his spirituality, um, he's talking about blessings and he's got Kirk Franklin and choirs. Then everybody's I, I, I do still think that coloring book is accepted, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like pretty highly. But there was a big shift where people were like, oh, after Asherah, I really stopped messing with Chance. And I was like, mm-hmm. what changed except that he started like talking about Jesus and his music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, there wasn't that same energy with Kendrick because Kendrick like if you look at To Pimp a Butterfly, even all, of, all honestly everything he's put out, he's always been spiritual. He's always talked about God. It's kind of ramped up a little with To Pimp a Butterfly and then the Damn album. Mm-hmm. But like he quotes the Bible. He raps he about God. He does. His music is a little bit more spiritually intellectual than Chance is. Like he's <laughs> like he's got like. <laughs> like some serious deep thoughts that he's trying to get yeah. off that I don't think and Chance Lucy, is necessarily Lucy was like I didn't even know Lucy was supposed to be Lucifer until <laughs> I heard this podcast and you said that I was just like oh dang okay yeah. well Lucy <laughs> interesting I've never heard somebody refer to the devil as a woman right right and have a whole nother level to it yeah, exactly that's interesting perspective so Kendrick's doing stuff like that and he's kind of talking about the same things but he's kind of getting at it in a different way he's taking a different route to get there but he's still talking about the same things but nobody nobody really had any any flack for Kendrick so I'm curious like why do you think what do you think was the difference between Chance and Kendrick with the public do you, is it could it be as simple as Kendrick was a better artist than Chance so they were willing to give Kendrick more leeway or is it something else like what are your thoughts on why Chance and Kendrick you know, both talk about God in their music, but one of them kind of career kind of changed over it compared to the other. You go first. You better quit. <laughs> I think I think we always laugh about the Kendrick conversation because he is like he does take highly intelligent approaches mm-hmm. to his songs and his art. Period. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm including like music videos, mm-hmm. you know, all that. Like that's why I just say art. And I think that the reason why I never even considered it to be on a spiritual level until you just said it is because it's like well hidden behind Mm -hmm. the production and 
um, the lyrics where you really don't know you. I really didn't know it was he was talking about the devil mm-hmm. until you said it and listening to this yeah. podcast. You know what I mean? So um, I think it's just a way in which it's being portrayed and, and being pushed out and delivered is the biggest difference. And he's not doing it over gospel uh, instrumentals or uh, sampling gospel music, true, true. and so it's a little bit hidden. Um, but I think, to me, I'll say that's the mm-hmm. biggest difference. I, I couldn't tell you what people are really yeah. thinking of it as because he also has a lot of empowering music too, like mm-hmm. DNA and and the Black and the Berries. Like yeah. it's a lot of thought provoking things. That it's so much thought provoking that. You're like, oh, and it's spiritual. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So you try to understand point. what he's saying when he's saying, like, the black of the berry. <laughs> you know, you really listen to the lyrics, and then you'd be like, dang, that was deep. You're talking about, like, yeah, I'm like Black Lives Matter, but I'll kill somebody black <laughs> if you mess with my people. Right. And right. then you'd be like, oh, shoot, this whole album is talking about something. Yeah. Like the devil and how it's incorporated uh-huh. into, like, all these things. And you'd be like, man, but I'm still focused on, like, all these, we gonna be all right, and that could have uh-huh. easily he could have easy threw in God a lot more in that track, and oh, it yeah. still would have been had the same type of meaning, and it still would have been just as uplifting. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing about Chance, like he's a little bit slower down, it's a little bit easier, like more digestible mm-hmm. to understand exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, like you know, the deepest thing about him is like, you know. Was he really talking about drugs on same drugs? Oh. You know that song? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. he was like, I wasn't talking about drugs, guys, on Twitter or whatever. And I'm like, dude, what was you talking about? You know? So, <laughs> but like, people be having whole think pieces on Kendrick's one song or yeah. album. So, like, yeah. nobody's doing that about Chance. So, yeah. I think that it was a lot easier to see, like, okay, Chance, we know him as his future mayor type of guy whose mm-hmm. dad is in politics. And we know he has a spiritual background and he's not. He's not having hard hitting lyrics where it's yeah. harder to get, and I think that's why that those two it can look like when we let Kendrick pass, we're like, man, but Kendrick's IQ is like through the roof. Yeah, yeah, you know, like he threw a lot more at you to kind of like even even if it's not meant to distract you, like there's a lot more that can distract you mm-hmm. from what he's saying in his music. That makes Absolutely. Sense. And then you look at the music video and I'm like, I didn't even know he was going down that path <laughs> with this song yeah. until. And so I think that nobody even mentioned him in the same category, like ever, mm-hmm. like yeah. literally like ever. Um, so, um, and that's no knock on either one of them. Mm-hmm. I just think that for them to both have like the spiritual background yeah. and incorporate it into their art, they're still not they're still so different and True. so that's that's like my answer on like why Kendrick got this pass yeah, yeah. you know what I mean it's, it's almost like when you in class and somebody has this like they ask you like what's 4 plus 4 well it's really 4 plus 4 because you blah, 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 you're like and then you're just finding the right answer alright they said 8 somewhere in there so like <laughs> let's move on to Jessica you know what I mean because yeah, yeah. it's like we already you got the right answer how you went about it was very complex uh-huh. but like you know, okay. where this other person would have just said eight and yeah. left it alone, you know, so. Makes sense. What about you? What do you think? You know, America, um... <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, I don't. I have not ever listened to a Kendrick album straight through. Oh, okay. Neither have I ever listened to a Chance album straight through. Uh huh. So, so I, you know, I my only thing when you sort of set up, you know, like what's the difference? My only guess is that if Kendrick has been doing it from the beginning, right? It's just sort of like, okay. Um, where I think maybe the difference with Chance is if his sort of like early albums you know as you say were like more focused on like different topics like partying and drugs and then you want to start talking about more spiritual and, and deep stuff then like yeah you're gonna lose the 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 crowd or the fan base that really likes those type of topics yeah, so i think true. i think that that's that is just off the top of my head like yeah like what i would guess but yeah i think i've probably heard more of chance's work um, than I have of Kendrick and he laughs about Kendrick because like I Kendrick goes over my head it's so funny he how he goes, goes over her over head over my head um, in a way that I just sometimes be feeling stupid <laughs> no it's really funny how I'll be like man this, that, that verse was so cold what did she be like it is me, I'll be I lost like, it after the second <laughs> bar like, I, I, he look up at me and drool coming out <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, don't get it. <laughs> he he gets everybody like that because it's I don't I don't ever get Kendrick's music like off the first listen. Never, bro, like never. like and especially the podcast definitely helps me absorb Kendrick's music um, differently because not only am I like listening to it, but like when I have an episode where I want to talk about it, I'm listening to everything. So I'm going on Genius and I'm looking at the lyrics to every song. So I get to absorb his music like through listening, but also like reading what he's saying when I'm like doing an episode on it so i think that helps me understand because it's like i'm getting multiple listens but then i'm also getting readings of like the lyrics so i can like catch something that i might not have heard and i'm going back and listening after i've like read it and so then it it kind of like compounds on and then it, it, it like sets your brain up for success we're like okay yeah now i'm gonna go back and listen to it again and then it's like oh okay i caught that i caught that i caught that but yeah he's i used to feel the same way about lupe like before he went like crazy crazy yeah, like around his tetsuo and youth like album bro like when he just started like throwing words at you he just was like it was like great that was what like 2015 2014 yeah around there around that was there. crazy lyrics yeah. he was saying like and they were so deep bro yeah like, they was so deep bro. so kendrick's got that but then he's also talking about not just like technically like dope lyrical ability but also talking about deep like substantial like concepts and like all of that combined it's like his when when he drops his album probably next year it's like all right i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to sit down and like really yeah, absorb yeah. it because it's not it's not like an album like drake with certified lover boy where you listen to that and you're like i know exactly what this is about like and i'm just going to enjoy it. like kendrick is more of like a okay I gotta really, really like listen. Let me get my notepad out for right, this album. Right, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I see what you mean. Um, I do think it could it could also just be the difference in the artist. Like Kendrick has a whole team behind him with TDE and like Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Like kind of gave him the the cosign before he started. Mm-hmm. Like the whole West Coast, really. So mm-hmm. he kind of had a a system behind him that was set that set him up where it was like no matter what he talks about like he was going to be successful because of how good he is chance is independent and like really for a while only the people in chicago knew who chance was yeah and then when he kind of broke out with acid rap and then coloring book he got a bigger uh audience but at that point like you know he was 
you know, he didn't have as much behind him when he, mm-hmm. you know, started like being super open that a lot of people just just didn't want to listen to Chance for that. And I get it. Everybody comes to music with different things that you want from music. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what makes music so special, I think, because of how subjective it is. You, one person can feel one way about a project because they got something else going on with them compared mm-hmm. to somebody else. So it could be just that, like the traditional listeners of hip hop aren't really aren't really about like spiritual stuff. Yeah. And so they were pretty opposed to chance in that way and not Kendrick because Kendrick's also giving you a lot more. Um but okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh did you all have any other any other topics that you wanna talk about? I have one last question but I wanted to open up first. <laughs> go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I'm I'm dropping my thing. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I'm gonna let Chloe go ahead. I think I talked about what I wanted to talk about okay. for this for this topic specifically. Okay. <laughs> so you know, not gonna be a time hog or anything like that. But I don't know. I, th- I think for you know, sort of thinking about this podcast, even when I sent it to you, it really has had me um, just trying to reconcile, as you just put it, like what what do I come to hip hop for? Mm-hmm. What do I come for R&B for? And I think just sort of like over over the course of my life, it has done, it's meant different things and it's brought me different things. Mm-hmm. But I think sort of as an adult, you know, when, I, when I'm trying to tap in, when I'm trying to be reflective, it's always going to be gospel. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be, well, oh, sorry. Oh, you um, good. <laughs> I'm passionate. Can you um, point <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Um, but I, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of always going to be gospel. And I think, and you know, while I haven't fully, I haven't fully reconciled, like sort of like the good and bad, you know, quote unquote, and maybe I shouldn't, you know, maybe, maybe that's what I need to grow out of, Mm -hmm. but I can definitely tell within myself that that if I am sort of exclusively only listening to hip hop, and I'm not talking about like Kendrick, I'm not talking about like hip hop that caused you to be reflective. I'm talking about, and I wrote the songs down. Okay, <laughs> like if I'm if I'm exclusively listening to something like Check On It by Beyonce, uh-huh. right, or like Beating Down Your Block by uh, Mona Leo, which is exclusively just about like fighting people <laughs> and uh-huh. like Check On It, uh-huh. it's probably the most substanceless song out there. It's just the same thing. When you looking like you like what you see, when you come over check up on it. <laughs> 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 like, like I, I have, I, have, I think I sort of reconciled within myself that like if I am exclusively listening to music that that doesn't have much substance or you know is is sort of like an escape, then there's something going on with me. Mm-hmm. And like, and it's sort of like a signal to myself that like, what are you trying to avoid, right? Okay. So I think I think that like again, haven't reconciled all of it, but I think sort of thinking about this podcast that has been like my takeaway. Of just like because because there there are times where I will exclusively only listen to like R and B and hip hop and and it'll it'll sometimes be stuff I can relate to like what oh sorry baby um it'll 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 you know it'll be some stuff I can relate to like a lot of the sensual music now I can relate to you know because I'm married and, mm-hmm. and I need to be sensual with my husband <laughs> I want to be sensual with my husband I can say what I want to say but 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 like but yeah I think I think it, it really has opened a door of like 
if I'm if I'm only sort of listening to that type of stuff and I'm not listening to things that reconcile me with my spirituality, if I'm not listening to things that talk to me about repentance and making things right in my relationship, if I'm not listening to the things that sort of push me in that direction, what am I trying to avoid? Um, and so, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe it's not the it's not the black and white of it, but but yeah, and and there's also lastly there's also this scripture. Um, it's Psalms 40 and 5 and essentially it's the, it, they, they made a like NLT but it's essentially oh. like if I had 10,000 tongues I still couldn't praise you enough and so one of the things I, I reconcile this is a conversation I would have with my mom is like one of the reasons I always feel conflicted is because if the scripture says if I had 10,000 tongues like I still couldn't fully encompass who God is and what he does and his praises and stuff mm-hmm. like that right like like and I only have this one tongue like isn't the thinking that I should just be using all of my time right to like mm-hmm. find a way to give God glory but I also would be lying if I told people that I feel like being spiritual and reflective all of the time yeah. like sometimes I don't want to deal with that stuff and I, and I and again like I said I can tell within myself when I don't want to deal with it because I will not listen to gospel music mm-hmm. right okay. like and I also have this weird thing where I can't listen to a gospel song song and a secular song right after oh, like I, have not, yeah. I have not even reconciled what that is it's, it's probably tied up in this but I feel really conflicted yeah. listening to one or the other so if I'm if I am at the gym and I'm listening to secular music I will skip over every gospel song I do the same thing though I'm not in the mood for this right now right, they, <laughs> both, they both represent me and they both are good songs but like I just don't be in the mood to be like reflective and then I don't I, you know I, maybe it's too big of a question to be like why why, why are you not in the mood? <laughs> like, like what, what, what's going on that you're not in the mood? And so that's, that's just been a current season of mine recently where it's been it's been a whole lot more hip-hop. It's been a whole lot more let's, let's drink, let's do whatever, let's do that. And I, and I think I've been sort of sitting with myself like, and I've been telling myself like, you need to sort of put on a gospel album and, and just sort of sit and chill for a while. And I'm, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, I think there's a reason I don't want to do that. But I, I this is a very long-winded way of saying that's how I have have conceptualized like hip hop R&B and gospel and Christianity is that I think the hip hop and R&B provides an escape for me mm-hmm. in a lot of ways it's not necessarily mm-hmm. negative I think it's good to have an escape but I can't consistently live in a space of escape like at some yeah. point I have to I have to address you know the the deeper parts of me and I have to address like what I'm feeling and my my conflicts and, and things I've done wrong and things people have done wrong to me I gotta also acknowledge like my mortality right which is comes up in Christianity a lot it's all yeah. about life and death like yeah. I, I can't live on no cloud of like smoke and drinking when I listen to Christianity like it is it is it is you are constantly addressing your mortality you constantly addressing the fact that like the present moment is not the only moment that matters as opposed to like rap and R&B is all about living right now in the moment do what feels Mm -hmm. good right now so I think I think that yeah there's a sort of that scripture so it's a time and a place for everything and and there's a there's a time to 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 embrace your mortality is a time to embrace that, that there's a life after this one and that you know you got to be thinking about those things and you got to be thinking about what you represent and what you say and what you do um so yeah I, I know I said a lot but but that was that was one of that was my final thought those those are all good points and I I definitely relate to that because there are definitely points because I I pretty much for the most part like if you just consider a, a week of my music listening it's like pretty much predominantly hip hop and R and B, 
But I do just have these moments and these moods where I'm like, nah, I want to listen to some Kirk Franklin or mm-hmm. let me throw on some Donnie McClurkin. And it's probably just God talking to me like, you need to be listening to, to something else right now. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why I get those yeah. those moods. But like, I'm with you. Like, I'll start listening to gospel music and then it's like, well, it's just a gospel day now because I'm not about to just switch right, straight right, back right, to right, like, right. some like, some like money bag. Yo, after I was just listening to Donnie McClurkin <laughs> talk about falling down. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I can't do that. Um, I do think that more recent artists who have kind of combined the gospel, and I'm speaking strictly about Donda with Kanye West, like songs like 24 and uh, Lord, I Need You, I think is the name Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Those two songs I I added to my playlist. And so when a song like that comes on, I have less of a time in like listening to that and then going to another song because it's kind of like, you know, Kanye's found a way to kind of like merge the two. But Mm -hmm. in general... I do like once I'm in a gospel mode, I'm like, this is this is where we at <laughs> yeah. until it seems right to like go to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely I definitely understand understand what you mean. For me personally, I I feel like I connect to music a lot emotionally, and I'm I'm usually drawn more to the artists that have like something important to say. Like mm-hmm. I, I I do love like turning up with artists like. Future and Moneybag Yo, yes. and I occasionally Pooh Shiesty, but not often. <laughs> um, like, I do enjoy that because I do think there is a time to just, like, listen to music to have fun. But on a, on a regular day, I'm probably listening to, like, artists who, who, you know, have something to say. And I think that's because I like to relate through music and I can relate mm-hmm. more to somebody who's, like, got, like, deep thoughts that they wanted to get out. Um, that also sounds good as compared to like somebody that's just talking about cars all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where I identify musically. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just want to just want to listen to some gospel, and it's also a nostalgia thing because that's what I was raised on. So you yeah. know, I probably listened to more hip hop and R and B over the past like decade than gospel but like the couple of decades before that it was flipped so mm-hmm. you know there's always going to be a part of me that's like no gospel music like that, that's where it is every now and then i see what the what the gospel music that's most popular now is because i'm not as you know in tune with it as i once was <laughs> just to see like who are the popular like gospel artists nowadays mm-hmm. and usually it's the sons and daughters of the past gospel artists <laughs> just, <laughs> no for real for real i looked that up today Same. i was like oh family member related to oh just, yeah oh, tamla man okay right yeah 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 i think it's uh i think for me like to summarize how i feel about these two like worlds of like christian and gospel music and hip-hop and r&b is just like i just feel like at at this point in my life this is a part of who i am yeah you know and i feel like i've gotten a lot comfortable with that over the years of being like i don't feel bad for listening to it i think one of the things that draws me to hip-hop more is like the story behind it Mm -hmm. and the transparency around the artists a lot of times so when you listen to a full album and I think uh, of like a hip hop or R and B album, you can really get like the full story or get and, and still understand the context because a lot of times those artists are more transparent than the gospel artists. Mm. And I think that it's a lot more to find the context. Like 
let's for instance Summer Walker we know this wouldn't be we know it was a good album but it was an even better album because we know who she was talking about exactly same with Beyonce we know Lemonade was a good album but we knew it was about Jay-Z yeah and so we know the context around mm-hmm. and I, I talk to Chloe about this all the time be like man like this song was big at this time because like you remember when this happened? Yeah. Like this was a response to that, and then she's like, "Oh dang, I didn't even realize it." Like yeah. because sometimes, like you listen to songs at face value. Sometimes you listen to it like on the radio. You don't mm-hmm. know the context of the album or of the person and yeah. stuff like that. And so I think hip hop and R and B, like because they share so much with the world, yeah. as opposed to like the gospel singer, it's easier to get attached That's to the point. artist as a fan, as opposed to like. You know, I, one another things that Kirk Franklin does well, like he stays in our face like yeah. a hip hop artist. But like, if I was a real Donnie McClurkin fan, I've thrown a lot of shade on him in the past. But like, <laughs> we don't know what's up with him for real, for real. Hey, yeah. You can take that however you want to take that. But yeah. like, we yeah. don't really know what's up until like you hear him preach one day and be like, man, I lost somebody in the family. And like, but it wasn't no music to follow that. Yeah. You know, it, it yeah. to be like, man, I wonder if like if he sat with that and wrote an album after that loss well because that's what a lot of hip-hop like along with it being like they keep their fans because it's like nike they keep their fans because they keep bringing out new stuff like yeah. back to back to back like you know you see a pastor you know come out with music he won't come out with music for another like seven years mm-hmm. five years three years whereas in hip-hop like if drake don't come out with an album every year it's an issue if not two, right. if Future don't come out with an album every six months, if Gucci didn't come out with an album every six weeks <laughs> back in the day, right. you know what I mean? Like, so they stay in front of your yeah. face and they keep gaining fans while maintaining. Yep. And I think that we we can always fall back on Christian music because we're not missing that. Like, I can come right back in and be like, "That's a good point." These songs still coming on the radio when I'm in the car with my mom. Like, this song yeah. still come, bro. A song that came out three months ago is. It's barely coming on the radio sometimes. At least yeah. that's how I feel with hip hop. You know what I yeah. mean? And then when they do something wrong, is there a cancer culture in gospel music? But it sure is in hip hop. Like yeah. they, you know, I'm sure these Christians doing something wrong. Just they cheating on their wives the same. Mm-hmm. They kicking their girlfriends out the same way the baby is. But right. you know, like we don't hear about it the same. You yeah. know. And I think that the, the the biggest thing for me, along with me just liking hip hop and R and B, is like seeing. It's more to the person than that. Mm. And a lot of Christian artists, a lot of them are pastors. True. A lot of them are like youth pastors or mm-hmm. ministers. And we don't necessarily see different sides of them other than like, I'm trying to present the perfect self to the world. Mm-hmm. And that is, if I can control it, that is all you will see. Whereas these artists, they go on live any other day. I know they PR person. PR, they wouldn't even exist if it was like, you know what I mean? If it wasn't for half the hip hop artists and stuff like that. And I think that that's what draws us is like, that's how I'll react to that. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You know how many conversations we've had about like just us three as like friends, you know, be yeah. like, man, I wouldn't have did it like that. Or yep. I, I, I agree with this person doing it that way. You know, we don't get that same dialogue. Yeah. And so I think that it, it, along with the music being good on both sides one comes out more frequent one relates to our spiritual side Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like I'm losing anything by listening to both I don't think that it will block me from going to heaven because I feel like 
Um, a lot of times when we talk about over the years of the podcast, we talk about artists, we talk about songs. I'll talk about Gucci, right, or Pusha Iesty or whatever, and be like, yeah, that's like the alter ego. Like that's like <laughs> the side that I wish I could show when somebody makes me mad. Uh-huh. But like I know that's the side I will not show. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I have like the Holy Spirit, or I have like a filter yeah, that yeah. will not let that show. But uh-huh. it was like, man, if somebody did that to me, I would do that same thing <laughs> if I lived that lifestyle. <laughs> but I don't, so I won't do that. You right, know what right. I mean? So it's just another side of us. Like no, nobody is just a two-sided coin. Like we're like have many many sides yeah. and many layers and I, I that's what makes me feel comfortable with like merging the two mm-hmm. and not having shame about it like i'll i will say this same thing i said on this podcast in front of my entire church and i wouldn't care what nobody said about it like mm-hmm. yes i listen to christian music yes i listen to hip-hop and that doesn't make me any worse than you yeah you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> and that's just how i feel about it and it, yeah. it is a gray area like chloe mm-hmm. said and, and stuff like that. And I feel like I feel even better when people like we can judge Kanye, however, but like I felt really good listening to like Sunday Sunday service. Like uh-huh. that was a legit gospel album. Like no rapping, like that was a legit old school sample uh-huh. gospel album that I really appreciated because like man, these are songs I grew up on that I yeah. was forced to sing, if you will. Like, <laughs> right. but he made it in a way that was a little bit more current, and how yeah. he sampled songs and him and Chance over the last couple years. So mm-hmm. that's just how I feel about it. That's my last like thoughts on the topic today. You know? Yeah, I'm with you, and I, I think you know, just as a final final thought, I think that we're all also strong enough individuals that we can listen to hip hop and R and B and know like what parts to take out of it like mm-hmm. we can listen to a song uh that Pooh Shiesty puts out and not necessarily want to go out and like kill somebody because we're <laughs> right. we're stronger individuals than that like right. where right. we're not you know like taking everything they say and like applying it to our lives like sometimes you just want to listen to a certain type of song mm-hmm. and then once it's over it's over it's you over. don't carry it with you it's just like that was cool now I'm gonna move on with my day and listen to something else um, mm-hmm. So I think it, it helps to to be strong mentally and emotionally <laughs> in that way. Definitely. Um, okay. This was this was a dope, dope conversation. Um, I don't have anything else. You all have anything else? Have anything else? Mm-hmm. No? This was good. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah. yeah. Thank you all for, for joining me on my farewell tour. Thank you, Chloe, especially for this dope topic. This yeah. was incredible. Shout really out to Chloe to for the it. topic. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to redeem myself, America. <laughs> the very a first pod, time you saw a podcast that maybe you'll hear from three years ago. <laughs> if you want to cringe, go back. And do it. <laughs> I'll put the link in the description. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I know I have like, man, this is so crazy. This is the last time I'll be on a, on the podcast. It's the farewell tour because I still remember the day you brought. Like the idea with the intro, oh, yeah. with the Kanye West beat as the intro, and you were doing all types of illegal things yeah, with, with the, the music. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I podcast. remember it was literally just the get them high instrumental yeah. from college dropout, and yeah. I was like, man, <laughs> definitely can't leave that up. <laughs> you can't leave that up. Right? It's like it was seeing, dope, though. It, seeing dope, it evolve, seeing the 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 art around it, the time you put into it, how you you know. A lot of the research and stuff, I literally would not know as much about music if it mm-hmm. wasn't for this podcast. This legit was 
my number one source <laughs> for hip hop and R and B, and I don't know where I'm gonna get that information without it. Um, we'll just have to text about it. Uh, yeah, we'll I'm, just. Mama still had the knowledge. I just won't be <laughs> won't be giving it out because I'm I'm still planning on like you know staying up on everything because I, I I truly do just enjoy researching hip hop and R and B and like knowing what's going on with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably gonna keep doing that, and I'll probably need to with the book that I'm planning on writing anyway. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This is this has been really dope. Yeah. Um, I'm Crazy, excited. yes, sir. But yeah, I, I, it's been an honor. I appreciate you having us on. No doubt. And you've definitely made a way for me to be on, even while in college. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Ohio, and true. Everything like that. So just seeing it grow over the years is tough. You got like real technology and real mics and yeah. all this is official. So yeah, we out here. Rest in peace to thinking outside the boombox. <laughs> right. Soon. Not yet. Right. Right. Soon, not yet. Soon. Not yet. So got like maybe twenty episodes. To go oh shoot. Or actually, maybe like fifteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Um, but yeah, thank you all. Thank you all for for coming on. Um, dope conversation i'm excited to have more you know outside of the the podcast about music because i just enjoy talking about it yes sir um so that is it for the dig deeper segment for this week you already know where you can find me thinking outside the boombox.com is the website t-o-t-b the podcast on instagram facebook and twitter um do you all want to plug any of your social medias you want the people to know where to find you you don't have to <laughs> that was a no from Chloe. That was a no. Uh, I, I think my she's off the grid, grid, grid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my kid. No, uh, I think I'm chill, chill. I'm joking on uh, IG or chill, just joking. You'll find it, whichever yeah. one you'll Looking find one it on ones. IG and Twitter. <laughs> Whatever that is, what it is. You know? Cool. <laughs> you already know what it is. It's thinking outside the boombox, your number one source for hip hop and R&B news. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.